What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we're going to jump right into it, into some action as the week kicks into full gear. We're going to start out on the West Coast in Los Angeles. Mookie Betts goes where only one other leadoff batter has. He ties the record with 103 RBIs while hitting out of the leadoff spot. It is 39th home run of the year, has 103 RBIs, and he's a leadoff hitter. Mr. Mookie Betts, the Dodgers All-Star and MVP candidate. So he's one shy of tying the record for most leadoff homers in a season. This was his 12th leadoff homer of the year. And Alfonso Soriano has a record, 13, back in 2003. He's tied with Ian Kinsler for fifth all-time for leadoff homers. And he's likely to get it. I mean, they have enough games left. So, I mean, about, what, two, two and a half weeks. But the Dodgers have a magic number of seven to clinch the NL West. I mean, after falling behind a little bit to Pedro starter Pedro Avila in the first AB of the game, it was an 0-2 count, but he connected on an upper half changeup, and then he, he belted it out off the foul pole or fair pole, whatever you want to call it, in left field. And then he had a double, three-run double later in the game. And that was what brought his RBI total up. But Mookie Betts is just having a, he's having the best season of his career. And this is saying a lot for someone who's won an MVP before. Former MVP having the best season of his career. So what does that mean? Will he be the MVP? I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a close one between him and Ronald Acuna Jr. Both of them are having really strong seasons. But the Dodgers get a nice victory over the Padres. You know, Padres are uh, obviously out of it at this point, but yeah, Dodgers are, they're in their tune-up phase. They're tuning up for the postseason now. These games are just like, okay, well, they haven't clinched yet, but it's a foregone conclusion that they will. Staying on the West Coast, we'll head up from LA to Seattle, where the Mariners lost this game. But in this game, Julio Rodriguez shined four for four and became only the second Mariner ever to have a 30-30 season. So four hits in the game, four hits and four at-bats. And he became the 44th player. He, well, keep in mind, Julio's jersey number is 44. He became the 44th player in Major League history to record a 30-30 season. Only the second Mariner to do so. And the only other Mariner who's ever done so is Alex Rodriguez. But the 30-30 club, that's that's a big one. Obviously, we're seeing a lot of these, these milestones get reached this year. 30-30 potentially 40-40 with Acuna because it's easier to steal now than ever before. So stolen bases are back due to the new rules. And that's what we're seeing. That's why we're seeing steals back in in the mix. But the Mariners lost this game to the Angels at the end of the day. And it's not looking good because just about a week ago, we we're talking about them being the hottest team in baseball. But we, we, we know how it goes. You know, baseball has its ups and downs and they're no longer top of the AL West, even though that was only the case for a couple of days, maybe one or two days. But they still have a wild card position. Actually, no, actually, I take that back. They're half a game out of a wild card spot as of this this fresh loss they just had. They're half a game out of a wild card. So they're still in striking distance, but they've lost four in a row. That's not what you want when you are trying to make the playoffs. But Julio Rodriguez was the was the center of attention on Monday night in this loss against the Angels. They lost 8-5. to five. 
We'll head to the East Coast where Tommy Pham returned to New York. He was playing for the Mets earlier this season. Now he's playing with the D-backs. He returns to New York and hits a game-changing home run in the eighth inning. That'll do it. I mean, mid-season trade deadline acquisitions, you know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a weird homecoming because you were just traded like two months ago or less than two months ago. And all of a sudden, your first at-bat back, you know, you get a mix of applause and jeers from a pretty sparse crowd. This is what happened to Tommy Pham, sparse crowd at City Field. But in a second to last, at-bat was met with silence because he crushed a game-tying home run to center field in the eighth inning, which sparked the D-backs 4-3 comeback victory of the Mets. And obviously, so this was Pham's third hit of the game. Obviously, there's some, uh, he feels it. He feels it. I mean, he knows. This is a team that just traded me what, like six weeks ago? Of course he's gonna feel he's he's gonna feel some type of way. And he's happy that he was able to perform well and hit that home run. You could even kind of see it on his face, honestly. But Tommy Fan always looks like Fam always looks like that, low key. He always looks like he's he, he he's playing with a vengeance. That's he's kind of always looked like that. Let's go to Milwaukee, where Brandon Woodruff threw his first career complete game shutout. That's a big deal. Complete game shutout. You know, that's a thing we don't see very much anymore in today's game. I mean, shutouts are rare, let alone a complete game shutout. But that's what he did against the Marlins. And, yeah, I mean, this is a 12-0 win for the Brewers over the Marlins. But offense wasn't really the answer. It was Brandon Woodruff shutting them down. I mean, especially when you're up by that much, typically they're going to, you know, maybe give the starter a break. But he was dealing so much that they didn't even go to the bullpen. He saved the bullpen. That's what Brandon Woodruff did. And, you know, you ride your horse, you ride your ace, you ride his arm if he's looking that sharp like he was against the Marlins on Monday night. But the Brewers are first in the NL Central, and that is exactly, exactly the kind of outing they're going to want from Woodruff as they move towards the postseason because that's what they're looking at. But nine shutout innings, seven punch-outs for Brandon Woodruff, who now lowers his season ERA to 1.93. I didn't even realize that he was pitching this well in the year. I will admit, I did not realize his numbers were that good. But here we stand. Oh, there we go. He's only throwing 56 innings. There we go. I knew something. I'm like, I would have known if he was, if he was carving him up like this all year long. But he's been hurt. He's only thrown 56 innings, and there you go. So, where does that leave us? I would say those are the, the big highlights. Oh, um, Atlanta. How could I forget? The Atlanta Braves. So, they inch closer to an NL East title with a doubleheader split against Philly on Monday. But in the second game, Matt Olson hit his 49th and 50th home runs of the season. So, he now has... 50 bombs on the year. It's the 48th, 50 homer season in Braves history. But Matt Olson, 50 homers, 127 RBIs. And he's not an MVP front runner. He's not. But he's obviously in the conversation. Just goes to show you what kind of offensive numbers other people are, are putting up. Or all-around numbers, you know. It's not just the homers and RBIs, but, you know, other things. But Olson, Freeman, Acuna, it's a murderer's row. It's a murderer's row in Atlanta. Absolutely. So, shout out to those guys, but Braves are in the playoffs. They're inching closer to a division title. That's what they're trying to do. Take care of business in Philadelphia. We'll see if they get it. But I would say that's the update for now. That's going to do for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. 
and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.